0: Welcome to the Dental Business Podcast, with your host, an owner of multiple businesses, a mentor, investor, and dental surgeon, Brad Thornton. Hi guys, so it's uh, Brad Thornton here. And What I wanted to do today, I just wanted to give you a quick episode talking about free consultations. I know that people out there, those that are listening, are going to be, you know, have, have varying opinions about giving patients free consultations. So I thought I'd do an episode just giving you what my opinion is. Just talk about the, a few points to, to why I believe what I do regarding free consultations. Now, just to kind of get it out there straight away, I have really good positive experience from using free consultations. And my opinion is that they're a good idea. I know quite a few of you listening are going to disagree with that. Uh, for various reasons but I wanted to just put down just a, f- a few points as to you know, at least give you the reasons why I think they're good um, and then also just maybe a few points that if you are going to do them or if you do them already maybe a few things that from experience what I find are, are really important things to stick to to, uh, to make sure that you're doing at the practice um, to make sure that they're successful. So, yeah, so as I said, this is my opinion. You know, we've been doing free consultations for, what, the best part of 10 years now at the practice. And, you know, we get really good uh, good response. We get good conversion. You know, the way that we do it means that we don't get that many people that are tyre kickers that are coming in just to sort of, you know, waste our time. So yeah, like I said, um, it's, been, it's been good for us. I mean, even the high-ticket items and, you know, the, the treatments that are tens of thousands of pounds in value – you know, we get a lot of people coming in for those and, you know, a lot of people talk about how doing free consultations, it devalues you, it devalues the practice, it devalues the treatment. And I know that makes sense, you know, in, in theory, that's, you know, that's obviously it's quite a logical thing to say. Um, but from experience, I just don't find that that's the case. Have we missed out on patients because of having free consultations? I doubt it. I can't see why somebody wouldn't go to a free consultation purely because it is free. Um, if anyone's got any other opinions of that and any other sort of evidence to back it up, then I'm, I'm happy to listen to it and talk to them about it. But I just can't see how that would happen. Um, like I said, we have people coming in, very successful you know, men, women, type A personalities, people that want to get stuff done, that you know are coming for the best treatment to what they perceive as being the best practice. To a free consultation. So, yeah, anyway, that's our experience. That's my opinion regarding them. I think they're a very good idea. So, um, in terms of a few things that I uh, have sort of put down, just did a few points, I don't know, what five, six maybe? One, two, three, about five, six points, just to, to make sure that if you're going to do free consultations or if you are doing them already, a few things that we do or that, um, we've developed over the years, very obvious to be honest, but it's important I think sometimes just to share ideas and and hopefully it'll improve, you know, people's practice for the better. And as always, I'm more than happy to, you know, get feedback on this. So if anyone's got any others, you know, we all want to get better. We all want to improve our our sort of service to the the customer, to the patient, um, and we all want to improve our business. So, you know, love to get some feedback from you guys. so, the first thing that seems to be quite um I don't know quite a popular topic that people talk about um, is who does the free consultation or who does this initial complementary consultation Now, I know a lot of people talk about uh, treatment coordinators or care coordinators, uh, but I actually think that the free consultation should be with the dentist you know with the person who's going to be carrying out the treatment now the reason for that, and we get patients inquiring who will ask us, oh, is this free consultation with a dentist or is it with a coordinator? Is it with a nurse? Um, and there definitely is a move towards coming um, to see a dentist over a coordinator. That just seems to be the way that people are moving. And I think that it's a good thing because, you know, if you, I mean, for me personally, if you picture yourself being a patient and or being a, a prospective customer anywhere, it, Ideally, if you are, especially if you're a busy person, you want to be coming to an appointment, you want to be leaving with as definitive, as finalised an idea of, of plan, of price, of possibility in that first visit. I know I would. Um, and I think, you know, going to see the person that's doing the treatment and then they come up with a plan. Uh, they come up with a price. I know that sometimes you're going to need to bring patients back for further tests. Um, I mean, I'm going to go over something in point two, but the first thing I think is that you know, really, if they see the dentist, they can go out with a very good idea, if not a definitive idea of what's possible, what the plan might be, and how much it's going to cost. That'll then enable the team. You know, your coordinator team, the the, the treatment coordinator, whoever. You know, deals with that patient after that clinical assessment to be able to go over finance options or payment plans, uh, put a plan together in terms of the next visit because the dentist has done the clinical assessment and come up with a clinical treatment plan. So yeah, point one, um, again, I know some people disagree with this, but I think that first initial consultation uh, needs to be with a, a dentist so that you can get a you know, a pretty good plan of what's gonna gonna happen, and the patient's got an idea of uh, of the next steps and the prices involved. Um, that kind of overlaps with point number two, which is you know we we need to as a profession, as, as as dentists, to to train ourselves to go on the courses to develop ourselves so that we're able to diagnose really well. You know, we need to be investing in technologies. Uh, you know, CT scanners and 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 things like that that enable us to plan, to diagnose, to, you know, put a treatment together for a patient, be able to tell them how things are, be able to let them know what's possible, ideally within this first appointment. Now, like I said earlier, you know, there are going to be times where you need to be doing diagnostic wax-ups, you need to be articulating models, you need to be doing some more planning before you can be truly definitive but if you if you've got all the technology if you've got the knowledge if you've done the training if you've you know you've shadowed mentors if you've you know spoken to more experienced colleagues and become more and more experienced at this over over time because it doesn't happen overnight um, especially some of you younger dentists you know it's important to start slowly don't be don't be rushing into this but you want to be working towards a situation where you can give the person sat in your chair off the back of the tests that you've done, of the assessments that you've made and the, and the decisions and the diagnoses, giving them a plan, you know, going through and compiling a, you know, a sequence of, of treatment and prices that are going to get that patient what they want going to manage their expectations. Obviously bring them back if you need, because that's, you know, Quite a lot of large cases and complex stuff, you're going to need to do that. But you want to be giving that patient a good idea of the cost in that first visit. You know, you want to know what the next steps are in that first visit so you can get a little bit of commitment from them that enables the coordinators to, you know, talk about payment, you know, get financial commitment at that first visit. Um, you know, we don't want to be pushy salespeople, but you know, you'll often find if if you present a plan to a patient that Hits their expectations. You've built rapport with them. You know the team have done their job regarding that experience of that visit. Then, quite often, you are going to get people booking in for the next step. They're going to be paying in deposits. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be signing up. Um, it just happens. You know, you don't have to be pushy. You just have to be honest. You have to be certain. You have to know your stuff. Answer questions well, um, and that all comes down to the training that you've got and uh, the experience which you will develop, and also the confidence that you have in yourself, and the way that you present things, and the way that you build rapport. So number one, I'd like it with a dentist. Number two, try your best to be as definitive as you can. Um, Number three, really, really, really important, is uh, take a deposit. You know, we want something before the patients come that's going to almost give a bit of a confirmation, a bit of a rubber stamp to know, well, this patient's going to turn up. This person's going to come to this appointment. It's a fully refundable deposit. You know, they get it back when they come, or it can contribute towards the treatment fees if they go ahead and move forwards with the treatment. Um, but, you know, I, I, the way I sort of describe this, or the phrase I use, is that what you want to be doing is you want to be filtering out the shit at the beginning. You know, you don't want a full diary. You don't want your schedule rams full of these consultations and think, you know what, this is brilliant. You know, this marketing that we've been doing is fantastic. Look at the look at the bookings that we've got and then find that nobody shows up. Um, it's happened to us in the past where we've had open evenings, we've had, you know, Facebook events that we've had where there's been, you know, active conversations with people saying they are coming the night before the actual open evening or the night before their appointment, phone calls for confirmation, email trails and all of this. But without deposits, a huge number of them just do not come. Um, people talk about, oh, well, if you have an excellent recall and reminder sequence, then you know, you're know you going to get good commitment. But the only thing that we find truly gets, and it doesn't get 100% commitment because things happen and people can't come, um, is but it's to, to take a deposit. It's to take a 30 quid deposit, which is what we take, 30 pounds, we find that, uh, you know, any lower than that, I mean, £25 is probably fine, but as you, the lower you get, the, the level of commitment that you get just, just disappears. Um, I know a colleague who brought it down to uh, £10 to, to test it, just to see what difference it made and found that at £10, it's just got zero value and people still didn't arrive and you still kind of get the same numbers of people not showing up as you do if you weren't to charge a deposit. So it needs to be enough. And yeah, be nice and open with them. Tell them it's refundable. Tell them that they are taking one of a limited number of free consultation slots. Um, you know, just make sure that the you know you're describing things like that. So you're not just saying that every slot is a free consultation slot. There's a limited number. They're reserving their place with this deposit. It is refundable. They'll get it back. Okay. So yeah, take deposits. Make sure that's really, really, really sort of you know nailed in. If people can't pay a deposit. If they can't afford it, well, how can they carry on? And, you know, is it likely they're going to be able to afford the treatment fees? You know, if they don't want to pay the deposit, then that's fine. They don't get an appointment. They can ring back when they do. And so that's number three. Number four, it's really important to make sure um, that, I mean, this has got to be bespoke to each practice and you've got to know what your values are. But you want to make sure that that when these patients are, you know, at every touch point, every interaction – Every communication from the practice or between the practice and that, that patient, every single point, they are getting a really good experience. Um, I will talk about this in, in another episode, but you know the way I view it, what you've got to do is you've got to figure out what the values of the practice are. Now, just imagine this. So say you, you say one of the values, right? okay, our value as a practice is we are a caring practice. You need to be very open with staff. So what you say to them is, you know, we're a, we're a caring practice. At every point, whether it's a phone call, whether it's taking money, whether it's asking them to come into the surgery, the way that they are spoke to by the clinician, the way that we present the treatment plans to them. If we're caring at all these points and we, we think underline all of this, we want this patient to to know that we care about them. It really does, you know, create a good environment and, a good way for people to work. So what you want to be doing is making sure that every time any patient, whether it's someone who's coming in and paying 5,000 quid, or whether it's someone coming in for a free consultation or phoning up for that, you want to be making sure that they're experiencing the the true nature of the practice. Um, We're building rapport. We're, We're giving them a wonderful experience so that they're more likely to buy in, they're more likely to want to have treatment at your practice. So number four, give a wonderful experience. Um, number five, and this kind of you know something more to do with what, you know, the, the clinician should be doing, but you know, at the end of these pre-consultations, ask the patient what they want to do. You know, you know, see what they want to do, see if you can get them to, you know, bring any questions up. Sometimes I think we're a little bit reluctant to you know, do that final thing that secures the treatment plan that I'm going to be mindful of what the words I'm using. I don't want to sound like we're talking about, you know, selling a car here, but, um, you know, you want to be sort of doing that final thing that effectively seals the deal. You want to be saying, okay, so what would you like to do? Do you want to go ahead? You know, let, let them answer that question. You know, that'll sometimes bring questions up that you can or objections that you can answer straight there and then in the surgery. You know, it's a really good, effective way of, um maybe bringing something to the surface that the patient didn't originally or didn't really feel comfortable talking about maybe um enables you to answer any objections and it can also give that you know that handshake that 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 thing that provides a little bit of commitment on their part which then the coordinator can take over and start to plan things with them start to go over payment uh, payment options and on a similar note the next one what's that number 6 i think is just in fact this is the penultimate one second to last one you know at the the end of the appointment as well i always find it's really really valuable to provide some direction to do a quick summary of the next steps um fair enough if patients are not necessarily wanting to go ahead this may be not the case but you know you want to say to them okay we're we're going to pop you downstairs we're going to speak to speak to sam she'll go over the options but what what we need to also do is get you booked in for Visit the hygienist. You come and see me. We can do the records that will enable us to plan X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, tell them the the kind of the next appointment. Um, so when they go downstairs, they have an idea of what the next thing is to do. Uh, all too many times, you'll you know hear people where they'll, they'll go downstairs and they don't have a clue what the next step is. You know, you're taking a bit of time for the coordinator to get things together um or worst case scenario they just walk out because they you know they're a little bit confused and this isn't something that really happens in our practice because we've kind of got this uh pretty well down to a t we find that sam our coordinator um you know she'll she'll often come into the practice for that bit of the debrief so she can take the patient into the coordinator room whilst you know we're putting the plan together that we can image mean, a very it's a very skeleton plan but it You know, it's something that the patient has there and then uh, before we write the more comprehensive letter to them. That brings us on to the final one: provide a comprehensive treatment letter quite quickly after the appointment. You know, within the first day or two. You know, you'll have something ready that the patient can then have at home. They can. We always prefer if they come in and discuss it with the coordinator, but. Um have that treatment letter available quite soon. So it's not that not that long after the consultation. They've got something that they can read through that they can digest. Make sure people are giving true informed consent that they understand the treatment options and the the plan moving forward because there's nothing worse than a confused patient. Um you don't want to be doing things on especially valuable expensive things I should say, on patients that don't know what's going on because that's just a recipe for disaster and you're asking for trouble. So, yeah, uh, I hope you found that helpful. You know, so just to summarize, you know, people talk and say they, they really enjoy the summaries at the end. The first one, want to be, so what is it, seven, want to be having the consultations with the clinician carrying the treatment out with the dentist. Ideally, you want to be making sure you get as definitive a diagnosis and plan and pricing after that free consultation, you know, without compromising on the clinical need for further tests, obviously. And we don't want to be compromising on any 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 treatment that we're doing or any planning just so we can try and sell to patients because that's not not what it's about. Want to make sure that we are taking deposits for free consultations, um, get a little bit of commitment from them. Make sure that you know you you do have motivated prospective patients, people that have given something so that you know you 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 get less no shows. I mean, we get virtually none. The only ones that we do get are genuine reasons, and they know that it's a refundable deposit. If they don't show up, they'll lose it. If they do show up, they can get it back. Make sure that you're giving the best experience so that, you know, as they're mulling things over, if they've not decided, they're just remembering the best experience up to the appointment, in the appointment, and then follow up as well. You always have to follow up. At the end of the appointment, you know ask the patient what they want to do. Um, you'll find maybe you find this uncomfortable at first, but it just really isn't you know just be honest, be open with them. Um, you're having a you know an honest discussion, you're trying to meet their expectations, you're there to solve their problems. you're not there to sell them something. they're not skeptical when they come to see you. They're open. you just need to fulfill their expectations and make sure that you're solving that their problem that they present with. You know, if uh, the next steps are agreed, uh, you want to be providing some direction as to what they do next. Um, and that's in literal terms. You want to be telling them, go downstairs, book this in, see this person, do this. Um, obviously, in a nice way. Um, but that's what you need to be doing. So the patient knows what to do when they leave the surgery. They've got an idea. Good communication between the teams. So patients aren't wandering around and, you know, we we're kind of flowing them through the, the the sort of, you know, cheesy term, but going through the patient journey smoothly and effortlessly. And then you want to be providing a treatment summary um, as quickly as you can. That day they leave with something written down that gives them an idea. All the pro forma stuff on that your, you know, your software provide this. Um, But then you want to be doing the comprehensive treatment letter quite soon afterwards. Granted, there may need to be further tests to do the, you know, the total complete treatment letter. But I think a letter summarising that initial appointment, things that you found, initial plan as definitive a price or price range as you can get get that to them quite quickly um, the more you do the quicker you get the easier the easier it is but yeah it's important to get that to them makes things look professional makes things look well tried it you know, it makes it look like you do that a lot you know they'll have confidence in you and it gives them something to digest and make sure they're informed and uh, fully understand the treatment options that they've got and then you want to make sure again that you follow up get them in again, make sure that you get next appointments booked before they leave that first one so that we can, you know, maximize our conversion rate, which is important. Some people don't like that term, but that's what you want to be doing. You want people to sign up. You want to help people. You want to solve problems. As a dentist, you want to serve. You want to serve our patients and, you know, we want to look at it like we are helping, you know, patients get their confidence back. You know, it's a wonderful feeling to do that. So we want to make sure that we can. Brilliant. So, um, that was all to do with free consultations. You know, this has been Brad Thornton dental business podcast. Make sure you reach out to us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, you know, look at the Facebook groups. You'll, you'll see me in the dental Facebook groups and, and, and out and about, make sure you you know give us uh, give us a like, you know, let's connect, you know, content that, that I create is often off the back of conversations that I have online. So if there's anything, let me know if there's things that you'd want us to cover, people that you want us to speak to, uh, topics that you'd like us to discuss. Then, yeah, reach out. Let's connect. Um, you know, this is made You know, this is made for the listeners. This is trying to create content that we all find helpful. So the more I engage with you guys, the better. Uh, so, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Try to remember what my Instagram thing is. I think it's Brad underscore Thornton underscore and then yeah facebook brad thornton we've got the dental business collective group on facebook as well and then linkedin yeah brad thornton so um yeah hope to speak to you guys soon and uh yeah share this uh, episode if you found it helpful um let your friends know about this podcast uh the more people listen you know we're, we want to collaborate we want the dental community to start working together more and you know there's plenty of work out there we want to make sure that we're all doing the best we can we're all improving we're all developing and whether we're associates or dentists or practice managers or whoever we are we want the best for our practice and the best for ourselves so yeah let's all connect and i will see you next time on the dental business podcast